Georgina Terry. Welcome to another episode of Tea Chatter. If I say to you, Grace Jones, what do you think of? Chances are it's the singer, model, and actress. But when I think of Grace Jones, I think of wool. Wool? Yeah, wool cycle clothing. Grace Jones had a great company called Jones Cyclewear. When I first got started in cycling in the 70s, it was the hallmark of a serious cyclist to be seen wearing these great wool jerseys, shorts, whatever, made by Grace Jones. The business thrived for quite a while, and then, well, typically, the mass marketers came in, wool went out of style, technical fabric came in, and Grace got out of the business. So I was really thrilled to find out about a week ago that her two daughters, Deb and Lynn, have opened up the business again, and they are making wool cycle clothing, multi-sport wear. Uh, they feel like their mother's hand is guiding them whenever they, they start to make something out of wool. I think you'll enjoy this interview with these two very interesting women. One thing I can say for sure is, it's not your mother's wool. Deb and Lynn Jones, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate this. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, you're welcome. It's let me let me tell you about. Well, you kind of know how I found you, but let me fill our audience in a little bit because I bet a lot of people don't know how you how you got to where you are. When I first started cycling seriously, which was in probably the late '70s, Jones Cyclewear was the clothing that every serious cyclist had to have. Your mom, Grace Jones, made the most wonderful wool jerseys. Um, she did them in custom alterations, if you wanted to have them that way. I think she might have done stock sizes. But it was really neat. She advertised in, in the LAW magazine. That was League of American Women magazine. I think if you sent her a dollar or two dollars, this nice envelope arrived in the mail full of all of these color swatches of all the different colors of wool you could get. And there were these neat drawings, you know, where do you want your colors to be? Do you want them horizontal, vertical? Do you want one color, two, three? What are your measurements? She could do just about anything. And, and I can remember gathering with my friends after we get this information, and we all be sitting around the kitchen table going, oh, boy, let's put this jersey together. And then we'd wait for this wonderful jersey to come from your mom and just wear them with such pride because it was the hallmark of a real cyclist to have a Jones Cycle Wear wool jersey. And your mom was very clever because she had the Jones Cycle Wear logo on the outside of the jersey, very discreet, so that when you were riding, people would see it and go, oh, what's Jones Cycle Wear? And then you'd start telling about these great jerseys. So here we are many years later, and I happened to discover on the <clears throat> web the other day, joneswears.com. Wool cycle clothing, I thought. No, couldn't be. So I sent you an email. And by gosh, you're the daughters of Grace Jones, which is amazing. How how did this happen? When did you first get involved with this? As little kids, did you work with your mom? Well, it's first of all, I have to tell you, you just took me on a little trip down memory lane. I forgot about the color fabric swatches. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so to answer your question... As a kid, I did use. I used to cut those swatches, and I forgot about them. So thanks for reminding me about those. Um, we were we, uh, as kids, we did work for my parents, um, Grace and Lester, and it all began in the early 70s when they, at the time, were interior designers. So they had a full sewing workroom set up, um, had access to machines and whatnot, on the side just 
you know, for fun, started getting involved in cycling in a local cycling club, the Fitchburg Cycling Club. And at the time, the club was just sort of, you know, taking hold. And some of the members said, you know, hey, we need to get, we need to all have jerseys that look alike. And since my parents had a workroom already up and running for a different business, they sort of took it on and said, sure, you know, let's just find some fabric. What do you want for a design? We'll come up with a plan. And there it was. That was the start of it. Uh, before they knew it, that started to take off. And, you know, the club from two towns away wanted jerseys and someone's friend from out of state wanted jerseys. And it sort of just evolved into you know, to, to Jones, Jones Cycle Wear that you remember. Uh, but we we did all work there. Uh, we also have an older brother who uh, was on the scene, uh, but Deb and I did right from the beginning. Um, we were there doing all the fun little things. I mean, they would give us some pretty funny little jobs in the beginning, but uh, we were. It was it was truly a family business. And, uh, How old were you at the time? I was in 73 when it started. I was 11. Wow. That's great. How how long did the business go on? It, it when did uh, there's been a lag, hasn't there? I mean, she stopped the business at some point, and then later you picked it up. Right. How, how long was she able to continue in that heyday of wool cycle jerseys? They uh, so they started in the early 70s. Uh, it sort of ramped up from there. 80s were probably, as you call it, the heyday of it. Um, those were the days when they were doing. They made jerseys for. Uh, the likes of, like, Greg LeMond when he won the Junior World Championship. Oh, really? Well, it was funny. We had sort of befriended him in 1978, uh, just my mom and I, when we were working at the Junior World Championships, which were in this country. Uh, they were in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, and that was sort of a, a first-time event for this country, too, to hold a, a World Championship event. And we got to know him a little bit then, and then a year after that, in 79, he won which now, you know, was sort of the, the start of, of everything for him, won the Junior World Championships. He got back to the States after that win, called my parents, and said, they gave me this great jersey with rainbow stripes, but I really want a skin suit. Uh, and, no, it wasn't made out of wool, but they, they mm -hmm. made it for him. They duplicated his World Championship jersey. So, you know, that, that takes us then into the early 80s, and that was really the heyday of it. Um, the, the business kept going through the 80s. By about 1990, we're probably what we're calling the end of it as we knew it. So there was a lag here um, of quite a few years before Deb and I sort of jumped back in and said, hey, let's give this a whirl. Let's get back into this. I have um, to imagine, too, that, you know, as your parents were running this business, suddenly all these new fabrics started appearing. I mean, doing incredible things with polyester and touting the technical aspects and all that. And that had to have put a lot of pressure on wool right there. It really did. Uh, and that is part of the reason why they did phase out. Um, they they had really decided wool was sort of the superior fabric for what they did. They they ran Jones Cycle Wear making jerseys out of a lot of things. You may have had some that weren't wool also. I had cotton. There you go. It was, it was cotton. There was an acrylic, which when we look back on it now, it's kind of funny uh, that anyone would have been comfortable in it. <laughs> it, it was an old, it's a very old-school fabric that, that they had, but we have a lot of the old vintage pieces, and we, we take those out sometimes. There, with the sort of the, the influx of all the technical performance fabrics, did, did definitely put a, 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 
strange spin on, on their business. Uh, and that's one thing that they they just didn't want to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so they, be true to your roots. Right. That's exactly it. So when did you decide to revive this? We decided uh, basically it's about two years ago. It was in 2006. Uh, it's a, it is a, it's, I'll tell you my quick little story here as to how this really started. We had a lot of funny answers. We knew we were going to need to answer this question with you. And the, the truth of it is <laughs> my dad had come up with this large box of old vintage jerseys in cleaning out his house. Gave them to my kids who just thought they were the funniest thing in the world. They had pockets on the back and whatnot. So they <laughs> were walking around here one day, and my husband looked at me and said, you know, did you ever think about going back into making cycling apparel? And I looked at him, and I, I don't think I said anything. I won't tell you what was going through my mind, but I don't think I had any response at the time. Called my sister the next day and said, so here's a good one for you. Did you ever think about doing this? And next thing you know, we were talking about it more and more, and conversations always seem to, to get back to that, and here we are. That's amazing. That's, it's okay. such a cool story. And not to, to use a cliche term, but this isn't your mother's wool anymore, is it? Not at all. This is definitely very different. We laugh when we pull out some of the wool that they were using and compare it to just how soft the wool is that we can get now. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. What, you know, I I think wool gets a bum rap because we do think of the older wools which were heavier, which got kind of saggy with age. But this is a totally new beast. Tell me about this. A a really big difference is, quite honestly, it's just the type of sheep the wool is coming from. Um, Wool coming from merino is extremely fine, which gives it better elasticity, it cleans better, it doesn't absorb moisture like some of the other wools, it doesn't get um, as saggy because it's got a natural elasticity to it. So the merino wool really is the key to that. And the processing is very different. They used to really use a lot of chlorine in um, cleaning it, and that's not the case anymore. You know, now we're using earth-friendly soaps to clean the wool. I noticed that, that you're advertising that you're using all organic wool. Right. We, we are using it out of two different programs. Um, we get a lot of our wool from New Zealand, and that's um, processed through what's known as the ZQ program, which is um, it, it's not only organic farming, but it also has a lot to do with just how the animals are treated. And from um, here in the States, we're able to get some wool that is knit by Vermont Organic Fiber, that's known as Owl. They are getting a lot of their wool from Australia. But they're knitting it here in the States? They are knitting it here in the States. Unfortunately, at this point, um, the U.S. sheep population can't quite keep up with the wool needs. Interesting. And that's why we're bringing so much in. Do you find that the the wool coming from U.S. sheep is as desirable as the merino wool? Can they raise merino sheep in the U.S. or no? No, only in a few places. Merino really do best in high mountain regions um, because of the type of sheep that they are. There are some merino, and we certainly, you know, if you look at sheep industry news, you see, you know, every year the population of merinos in the U.S. is going up. So we're hopeful we'll be able to get more stateside. I would imagine that would be helpful, too. Are prices just kind of going out of sight because of the, the drought situation and that kind of pressure in Australia? It is that, and obviously fuel costs, just getting the wool here, you know, that's a very significant cost factor in it. That would be fantastic if they could do more here. Boy, hopefully somebody's listening to this thinking, you know, I want to leave my job as a broker and start a new business. Right. It's going to be sheep. <laughs> that would be terrific. 
tell me where where does this new technical will fit into a cyclist wardrobe today? You know, we have so many different fabrics we can choose from, and I find when I'm looking for cycling apparel for fall and winter, I have many more pieces in my wardrobe, and it's not because I, I'm a clothes horse. It's because each piece serves a particular function. You know, in summer you go out in shorts and a T-shirt, and it works over a wide range of temperatures and humidities. But in winter, you really have to fine-tune to be comfortable. I think, well, there are different... There are so many different weights and different uh, types of wool on the market. We, within our line, have everything from what we call our sprint line, which is just your lightweight base layer. Uh, the, probably the heaviest thing that we have, uh, I'll give it it's a tie, uh, we do a 400-gram wool that's used for jerseys, and then we have a very heavy, we call it the heavy artillery, uh, wool that we use for our tights and knickers and, and shorts and arm warmers and things like that. So there's a wide range of wool weights available. Uh, you would think that wool is only for cold weather. Uh, uh-huh. it, is, uh, it actually, the qualities that it has and the performance level that it exhibits, is it, it, it really is a four-season fabric. And a lot of times people will look at us and say, I can't believe you can wear it. But when you think of men's suits, finely made men's suits are called tropical weight wool. And sure enough, that's what it, it, it certainly is a fabric you can wear all year round, uh, depending on the weight that you choose, the you know, the, the particular garment. Uh, I think today's sort of the if we want to call it the modern wool of today, uh, it's a smart buy uh, to have it. It's certainly more durable. Of course we believe this uh, it's a it's a more durable fabric than a lot of the technical fabrics out there, and not to take anything away from them. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of them are great. You know, there's just, I think wool is the old standby, and I mean that in a good way. It's uh, it's the fabric that's durable. It will last longer. Uh, it doesn't retain odors. So if you are using it for anything to do with sports, uh, you can wash it, and it will be clean. Uh, I have noticed that with some of the other fabrics that they do tend to retain odor. Right, right, and there's some of it, unfortunately, you just can't, no matter how much you wash it or Mm -hmm. what you use, you're not going to get that out. So wool, if you, you know, in comparing if someone's looking at purchasing a pair of, say, wool tights, for instance, versus uh, a nice pair of, you know, one of the synthetic tights, you may look at the price and say, you know, and and there's your answer. Uh, But in the long run, wool is more of an investment, uh, an investment that will, I think, pay you back. It does. It definitely has a durability aspect to it. We have quite a few people who have contacted us with, believe it or not, old Joan cycle wear. Uh, <laughs> either they have old wool shorts that just, you know, they may need the elastic in the waist replaced or something along those lines. But that the fabric has held out after, you know, 25, 30 years. Yeah. And so it really is an investment. Uh, there's a whole layering aspect with with wool gar- garments that you can sort of put together a configuration uh, to keep you warm. It, it will keep you warmer. It will keep you drier. It really is. It's just a, it's a very versatile fabric. So all year long, you just you look at your layering system and, and you're good to go. You know, there's a, everybody says wool is itchy. I haven't experienced that myself. I know some people are very sensitive, though. What's, what's the scoop on wool and itch? Is that just a 
not really true in old wives' tales? Yeah, I think that, well, you know, I think it was true for the older wool. I think when people said they were allergic to it or it was too itchy, what they were actually allergic to or having a hard time with was really harsh chemicals. Oh, really? That were used in the processing, not the wool itself. Um, because, you know, we have so many people that say, boy, I'd really love to try uh, one item that was real popular this summer was the really lightweight sleeveless base layer that you could wear, quite honestly, underneath Lycra, and you wouldn't feel that wet feeling of Lycra on your back. And, you know, we'd have writers say, oh, I'm never going to be able to put that against my skin. We say, try it, just try it. And, in, indeed, the new wolves don't have those harsh chemicals. There are a very few people that are probably allergic to lanolin. Ah. It. It's just that really small percentage of the population that's allergic to lanolin that would have problems with the current wool. Now, is lanolin naturally occurring in wool? Oh, it is. That's part of what gives its its luster and, and sheen and softness. Ah, okay, okay. Let's let's talk a little bit. Let's get back into the organic nature of the wool that you're using. One of the questions I asked before we started recording this was was about the treatment of the sheep. I I always worry about that because I'm a real animal lover. But you assured me that these sheep are at the top of the pile, huh? They don't, they, they have they a great are. life. <laughs> they are, they have a great life and they are very prized because if they, you know, merino sheep have this high quality wool. They're shorn once a year and they spend their year um the rest of that year on rich pasture grazing. Is that unusual? Are most sheep, well, is that typical that that most sheep are just shorn once a year or is this peculiar to the merino sheep. That one I can actually say from personal experience since I've had sheep myself for about 30 years. It's once a year because what you want is a really long staple or length of the fiber Mm. because that helps with the strength. So, Mm. yeah, you want to just shear one time a year. I was interested when I was doing some of my research on this, and I hadn't even been aware of this, that, that a lot of places actually dip the sheep to control external parasites. And, I mean... Just the thought of being dipped in pesticide is right. horrific. Thank goodness yeah. they don't do that with these sheep. Yeah, no, you have to wonder what those organophosphate uh, pesticides are doing to the sheep, to their central nervous system. Um, we'll ask that, Rachel Carson. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's prohibited in both the ZQ as well as um, Vermont Organic Fibers programs. How, I know that I'm going to pay more for a wool jersey probably. Roughly, is it 10%, 20% more, say, than a... Um, some other tacky fabric? Is there a general rule? or From a cycling jersey standpoint, you're probably, you might be looking at $20 um, more. It really, you know, that's really hard, a hard one to answer. Because yeah, I guess it, it is. It depends on the design of it and kind of what, what are the features that you want. We're certainly finding from a base layer standpoint, um, costs are pretty comparable. You might pay a few dollars more for wool. Well, you know, I I don't think that anybody should shy away from that because one of the things you've said is that that you're getting an investment with a wool garment, and I I certainly know that from the jerseys I bought back in 1976 that are still perfectly functional, and in this day and age where you know just buy it and throw it away is kind of out the door. I hope that this would really mean great things for your business because you're really getting value out of these jerseys or any other garment. Right, and that's I, I you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, that's I think I have already mentioned that it's it's a smart buy uh, to buy garments out of wool, regardless of what your sport is. Uh, just from both a you know an economic standpoint, 
if you read the news this week in particular, uh, you know, from an economic standpoint as far as an investment in something that you don't need to replace it a year from now. Uh, and the other, the other great thing about wool and why we chose to sort of reestablish our business with that, with that fiber is from an environmental standpoint, it is renewable. Uh, we're, we're not relying on anything other than the sheep. So there are a lot of reasons why wool is your smart buy these days, and I think you'll see it more and more. You're certainly seeing wool cropping up a lot more with even, you know, not so much in cycling, though, although I think cycling was one of the first sports, uh, you know, to, to use it and also certainly one of the first ones to sort of re-embrace it uh, mm -hmm. now as we go forward. But you're seeing it more in other lines of performance clothing uh, in just, you know, general wear. You see wool more and more uh, cropping up. And I think it's just, it is, it's a it's a wise choice uh, for a lot of reasons, both for your own investment purposes. Uh, there's a long-standing, uh, it will go along with, with buying, buying wool. And it's a smart thing to do with the environment. You know, it is, it's a totally renewable resource, so you can sort of feel good about, about the buy, too. Let me ask you if you're seeing any any trends in your sales. Does, how does it uh, break down, say, between men and women? Do more women buy it? Do more men buy it? I think it's you know I honestly I think we're we're sort of fifty uh, fifty uh, right now. Uh, there we have a certain contingency that are the sort of the hardcore uh, road guys. A lot of them commute to work and whatnot. And there certainly are a lot of women who commute to work, but we also you notice in our line, we have a lot of women-specific cuts, things like the cycling tights, the knickers, uh, and you will see more of that in the future. So I think right now we are, are pretty much split, uh, maybe for different reasons, you know, but there are, I think right now our our, our customers are, are pretty much split right down the middle. Do you have pretty much as much work as you can handle right now? Do you feel like uh, we're running at 100%? <laughs> Got to hire yeah. more people. <laughs> well, you know, we always want to be be a yeah. little bit bigger. But uh, no, we're it's uh, in the time that we have been open for business, as we say, uh, we've we've been pleased with the response to the to the garments, to you know, the feedback that we get from everyone, and we we will grow. Uh, some people may say we'll grow slower than than we could. Uh, oh, that's but okay. We, we are very hands on. Uh, we're in the shop every day. Keep it going at a pace that we can maintain that level of involvement. So we're uh, we'll grow. We are growing, uh, but when, we're very pleased. So when you first started the business again, how did you get the word out that you were you were up and running? Quite honestly, we were able to just sort of contact some of our old friends from cycling days past, mm -hmm. and they gave us some great tips. Started mm -hmm. doing some advertising, um, places like Road Bike Rider. Yeah, I, that's where I found you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I um, you know, I still I. I started cycling in the early 70s, and I still ride all the time. And um, my friend Ed Pavelka <laughs> gave me some really great tips on, you know, places to advertise and, and markets that he thought would be good to sort of reintroduce wool. Well, you know, it's a great kind of thing because this is the kind of product I think right now it's probably considered a little bit niche. Maybe it will become more mainstream again. But people just start talking about it, and they tell their friends, and 
the word gets around, you know, probably much the same way it did when your parents started the business. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, oh my gosh, you've created a monster. <laughs> they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and even yeah, that. yeah. We've seen that with a lot of the um, the Rondonier groups. Uh, oh, probably, sure. Yeah, they were the first. They were certainly the first groups to um to be ordering wool. And you know, next thing we know, well, I'm ordering this because my buddy so and so had this on on last weekend's um, brevet, and like, he was comfortable the whole trip, and I was freezing. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> That's a sure sell right there. Let me jump back to one other thing, colors that wool comes in. Did you, I never see really vivid neons in wool. Is there a reason for that, or is there just no demand for that? How How does this dyeing of wool take place, and is there anything in the fabric that limits you to what you can do color-wise? Absolutely not. No, as a matter of fact, we, um, at one point today, we were wondering if we were going to have to interrupt our call because we're awaiting a very large shipment of wool, and we do have some brighter colors coming. Oh, cool. I think, I think that it probably had a lot to do with the, with the demand. And as we were starting to bring wool into the States, I think everyone felt the safe with black. Lynn actually has a pretty, you probably have a good handle on colors that are available, but no, we can now get pretty much whatever color we want. That's fantastic. One of the things that we've noticed uh, when we're selling products is there's more and more demand for really visible colors for cyclists, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, there will always be some of the darker fashion colors that people want, but we just hear it more and more. I want to be seen a mile away on the road. Yeah, that's, and that indeed is the fabric we are waiting to uh, to arrive here. Any day now. I'll be we your first customer. Yeah, <laughs> You're we, right. We know it's stateside. We just don't know exactly where it is in the states. Right <laughs> Been there, done that. I know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Let me ask you about another area. This is an area of growth that we've seen in our apparel, and I wonder if you're seeing demand for it too. Plus sizes. That market seems to be very, very vocal and, and looking for more and more garments all the time. And a little bit upset that it can't get the same cuts and colors and all that, that, uh, what would I call it, misses sizes, or I'm not good at my whatever, yeah, yeah. non-plus sizes, you know what I mean. Sure. Sure. Do, do you Have you run into that as well? Is that an area you might be going into? We don't. If you look on our site, uh, you won't actually see uh, a stock size that you can do, but what we have, and this goes back to our the Jones Cycle Wear roots, are we still do custom sizing. Ah, uh, uh, I did see that, and for a very modest fee, I might add. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah, we <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's something that our, our parents uh, were sort of known for. They had a little niche and that a lot of what they did do was custom, and we wanted to continue that, and you, you can't find it. Unfortunately, you can't find a lot of that uh, these days, and we said, you know what, if we're going to do this, Let's do it. Let's let's continue that that tradition that we had. So you can get in touch with us through an email or give us a phone call and tell us what you need. Tell us what your concerns are. You know, if you're too tall, too short, you need extra long arm length or whatever. Uh, you know, a plus size. However, you, you know, whatever you need, uh, we can certainly do that because everything that we make is done right here in our own shops. We have that flexibility. That's fantastic. Maybe I'll just send you a garment that fits well and say, here, match it. There you go. Sure. <laughs> and we certainly have had people do that. 
that's the best way because you know it yep, works. They'll, <laughs> yep, they'll send us something and just say, this works great, it's just worn out. <laughs> well, is there anything else we should be talking about? Have I missed anything? You know, I, I'll, I'll send it back to Deb to wrap it up, but I can't, I can't think of, uh, of too much. I, All right. You know, I thank you so much for the uh, the opportunity to talk about wool. It's near and dear to us, and we hope that uh, you know more and more people sort of see the value of it. And, uh, Let me just remind too of your website address. It's Jones Wears, and it's J O N E S W A R E S dot com. So if you want more information on these fantastic products, that's where you should go, and you'll you'll learn all about wool. It's really really quite neat. Well, guys, thanks again. This great. was just fantastic. It was great. Well, just thanks great. Thanks so much for having us. You're welcome, and best of luck to you and your business. Thank, Thank you. Thanks.